All right, I want to welcome you to another Pod for Israel, and today we're going to be talking about the gospel according to Job. Wow, okay, so you've probably read the book of Job. Uh, it might seem like a depressing uh, bit, a little bit to trudge through. It might seem a little confusing to you. You might even, I know some people found themselves sometimes thinking, well, maybe his friends are right, you know, is there some truth in what they're saying? But then you have this it's a, it's amazing dialogue and 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 Golan, you were sharing with me. It's even some people say, was Job even a real person? Was he just a was it allegory or was it actually real? So let's dive into all the different nuances of Job and the gospel inside of the book of Job. Yeah, you know, actually, that's the, the Job is one of my very favorite books in the in the entire Bible. And you know, some scholars think that Job could be the most ancient book in the world, not wow. only in the Bible. The most, some scholars believe that. Of course, others, the, there's a debate if it's written in the Second Temple period or earlier, but I, mm. I tend to think it's earlier, and some scholars think it could be the, 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 most, the oldest book in the world. Hmm. And imagine what a book it is. I mean, it's written beautifully. It's not... Yeah, it is. Um, so th- the first question we, we, we need to ask, and, and scholars are debating this also, even the rabbis in the Talmud, was Job a real person? Okay. Was he, now, why would people even question if he ever existed? Why would people even why, why would it be a question? Nobody, no believer would ask himself uh, if Moses or David believe uh, actually lived. Yeah. But Job, why would Job? Why, why would it? Why would the question be raised? So there's a few reasons why people think that uh, some of the people think Job didn't exist, but was like a typology, was like an archetype, was like a pro a, a proverb. So first, we don't know where he came from. Mm. You know, if you read the first verse, can you read in English? In English just yeah. half of the first, uh, a few a few words. There was a man in the land of Uz yeah, whose just name that, was Job. There was a man. It sounds like once upon a time, right? Okay. There was a man once upon a time. Now, if you hear something starts with uh, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, what do you think immediately? Uh, a little bit like a fairy tale or yeah. something. So. Okay. That's that's one reason. Nobody knows where he came from, where he went to. It's like he appears from nowhere. But he was from Uz. Uz. And, and, and scholars, Uz? exactly. Scholars are debating where is it? Because huh. we have a few hints, but it's not clear. So that's okay. another reason. A, a, a different reason why people, some people, think Job wasn't a real person is because the book of Job, at least in the in the Hebrew Bible, where, uh, where uh, in the order that the rabbis ordered the, the books of the Bible, appears in the books of wisdom. The right. books of wisdom, like which Proverbs, is the books of Solomon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Psalm, you know, so the book. Exactly. So if the book of Job is part of the book of wisdom, it's, it should, it, it, some scholars say it should teach us, teach us wisdom and not necessarily his, history. So that's right. another an, another um, another attempt to to to, to uh, answer why some people uh, think of Job as not as a, not as a real person. Another thing is the the extreme, which is the story is told, the extremes, because yeah. Job was you know Job was the one, the most righteous person, the richest person, the wisest, and then he fell. So it's for, it's for, it's from sky high. It's it's kind of like they they can't believe that these events could actually happen to Ex- a righteous to one, person, ex- and, and to one person, to one historical person. Yeah. Nevertheless, I tend to think that Job actually was a real person who lived uh, in the times of Abraham, maybe a little before Abraham. 
Right. Why? Because many people think, and I, I think they have good reasons to think that Moses, Moses wrote the book of Job. Right. Moses. Now, from the language of Job and from, uh, from some of the aspects of Job, you can, you can tell it's an ancient story. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. we don't know exactly, you know, Job doesn't appear in Genesis. Of course, the name Job doesn't, it's the only time he appears. It's in the, the book of Job. So he doesn't. But right. the rabbis think it, it was a figure from Genesis named y- Yovav, but it, it, it's, it's, it's only an estima- uh, estimation of, of, of the rabbis. But anyway, I think he existed, and perhaps Moses took that figure, that historical figure, and told the story based on that figure. So it's based on it. You know, you know those movies based on a true story? Right. So I think Job is based on a true story. Okay. Now, if, 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 if his friends said word to word as Moses wrote it, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because it's based on a true story. What, what do you do as a director? If, if, if you take a movie that is based on a true story, you have to yeah. what? You have to fill in the blanks. You have to fill in the script. You can't, you, you have the basic history of the idea, and then you have to, to fill in what was said there and what's your estimation. Yeah. So I think Moses took this person and told his story of course, as, as I said, based uh, on a true story, on a, on a real story. Now, what is the structure and, of Job? And even with that, these, yeah. are, these are theories, you know, uh, what do we know? Do, maybe Job actually wrote the book himself. Maybe, you know, these are things that are up in the air, but to hear all these different things, uh, yeah, you consider them, but it's still the inspired word of God. It's still the inspired text exactly. handed down. Now, according God. to some, according to some rabbinic traditions, Job... Uh, Job married, married Dina. His second wife was Dinah. You said Dina, 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 the daughter of Dina. Jacob. Okay. But that's only according to uh, according to rabbinic uh, rabbinic sources. Some right. rabbinic okay. sources. Okay. And and the rabbinic sources say that they believe, at least the rabbinic literature believes, that Moses actually wrote the book of Job. So we have that okay. testimony. Now the book the book of Job does appear in uh, in James. James refers that James Yaakov in the New Testament right. refers to Job, so we know they knew of the book. Yeah. So it's not a later comment. It's, it's nobody added that book later. With in the New Testament time, they knew of the book of Job and they treated the book of Job as holy scriptures. Yeah, as a scripture. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Now the structure, the basic structure of Job is really simple. It's like a sandwich. Who doesn't like a sandwich? Mm. Right, sandwich. So w- it starts with a narrative. Now, w- what do we call that? Na- narrative is like an historical story. Yeah. It starts chapters, uh, chapters one and two are historical narratives. Right. All the middle, the big chunk, is poetry. That's mm-hmm. the dialogue, the discussion, the debate between Job and his friends, until the last chapter that closes down the th- the, the sandwich, which is a narrative again. So we have a right. narrative, poetry. In the narrative, hmm. and that's the whole. That's the whole. That's the whole. Uh, that's the whole structure. Really right. simple structure. And uh, now, <laughs> this structure is really, really important because it's the first time. I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. The first time in the whole, the whole uh, Old Testament, that Satan appears as a figure, and not only as a name for uh, for a contrast for an opposition. It's the first time that Satan himself appears as a figure that, that, that speaks, that acts, but very importantly, only under the authority of God. Yeah. Satan doesn't have any authority 
uh, unless God gives him. Right. That's really important. Now, there's a key verse in the first chapter, and I'll ask you to read. I think it's 1, Job 1, verse 8. And this verse is the leverage for the whole book. The whole book is going to take, uh, take advantage of this verse. This, the, 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 um, the motivation for the whole book is, is Job 1, verse, I think it's 8 in Hebrew. T- tell me what you read. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a okay, blameless so and upright man? So it's 9. Verse 9 now. Verse 9. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and on all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he'll surely curse you to your face. And verse 9, what I meant is that verse 9 is the motivation for the whole plot, for the whole story. Can you read just verse 9 again? Because that's... The whole thing. So Satan answered the Lord and says, does, does Job fear God for nothing? And that's, that's the leverage for the whole book. That's, that, that is going to be the test. This is the reason for, for the trial, for, for, the, for, for, the, for, for the pain that Job suffered. Right. Does he fear the Lord for nothing? And the word in Hebrew is chinam. Chinam, chinam in Hebrew is with no money. Um, if, if you get it for free. Yeah. For free. That's Hinam. Does he fear the Lord for free without accepting anything? And I think it's not only, it, it shouldn't be only the question of the whole book. It should be the question above every believer. Are we fearing the Lord because he deserves it or as an excuse to get something out of mm. it? Right. That should be, I think, the motivation. That should be a verse, you know. Um, Above us all, you know, if we have, if we hang it on the on the wall above our bed, to, to see it every day. Should are we fearing the Lord for nothing? I mean, for free, or we're doing it in order to receive something, to yeah. get something. There was a there was actually a, a recent uh, seeker here in Israel who contacted us and said. You know, I want the I want the Lord to come and work out all of my problems for me, solve everything that I'm every issue I have in my life. And I was kind of thinking as I was reading his chat, like, well, uh, <laughs> you're going to gain a lot of problems. He will <laughs> fix a lot of problems of your heart, but you'll gain a lot of problems in this world. There's a lot of trouble. There's also blessings uh, for walking in righteousness, but there's also a lot of trouble. There's a lot of trials. Now we have we have some examples, even from Genesis, for people that feared the Lord, and they were willing to 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 leave everything, to forsake everything, like Abram, for example, that yeah. was willing, and the Lord tested Abram and told him to 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 take his son, his only son. Remember, right? And and Abram was willing to do it because you know. It's it's willing to sacrifice your riches to lay down your life. Actually. You can almost hear, you know, when, when, when God is telling Abram to take his only son, you can almost hear him tell Sarah what Job told his wife on verse, what is it, 21? Mm. Um, 20, yeah, 21. What does Job say to, said to his wife? Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed so, be the name of the Lord. Exactly. So it's, it's as almost you can hear Abram saying, telling Sarah, God gave us Isaac Oof, and God can man. take Isaac. 
right? So Abraham, but what, what about Joseph? When Joseph was in the pit, when he was in, in Potiphar's house, when he was in jail, mm. he feared God even though he could gain nothing. Yeah, he never he never played the victim, you know? He never, you know, uh, you know, we, we don't know every every moment of their story, but the culmination of it, you know? It, it doesn't mean that he didn't have a bad day. I think that's hard. We kind of have to, sometimes we put a little too rosy colored glasses on these stories <laughs> and just think that, yeah, Joseph was always encouraged, always full of faith. He probably was depressed for times. <laughs> but I think that what we should think about it, what's the culmination of our story? Okay? If you were to summarize the last month, what what trend are we following? Is it towards faith? Or, or is it just like, you know, because I think if we look at it daily, we can get a little depressed or self-condemnation of, oh, man, I, I screwed up. The patriarchs struggled. So here, Satan in verse in verse nine, Satan is asking, "What's the motivation of Job? Is it as as you know, as education scholars say, intrinsic yeah, motivation or right. extrinsic motivation? Right. What's his motivation? Is it is it from fearing God or because he wants he wants something out of it? And that's and and, and the, one of the most uh, one of the the, the, the most uh, loved example, the, the example that I uh, most um, uh, like the most in the Bible is from the three friends of Daniel. Remember the three friends when uh, I think Nebuchadnezzar, the king, yeah. wanted to Shadrach, throw them. Meshach, and Abednego. Exactly, they, he wanted to throw them to the fire because they wouldn't bow, bow down to the statue. Right. And what did they? They they told the king, "Listen, the, the the Lord that we serve can save us. He can save us from the fire. We 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 will not bow down. But listen, if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, <laughs> even if God doesn't save yeah. us from the fire, we yeah. shall not what." We shall not bow our knees. Exactly. That's intrinsic motivation. That's that's uh, that's boss right there. They that, feared, that's, that's amazing. It's beautiful. They feared God for free, for nothing. Yeah. Even if he, he doesn't yeah. owe us anything, we yeah. owe him. So, so, so yeah. if 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 Satan asks God about about the friends of Daniel, mm. God will say, "Of course, of course." Now with Job, there's there's a trial, and 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 God is going to prove. Satan, in the whole book, and the, the whole book is dealing with that. God is going to prove Satan that Job is is is, is fearing God for nothing, for free, mm. not not because not because God blessed him. And boy, boy oh boy, did God bless him! You can read the first. I think it's the first two verses of the book, even three. One, two, three. If you can read, see it's this is yeah. amazing. This so this man is something. Blameless else. and upright, and the one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possession were seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. So this man was on the top of the world. This is the numbers in Hebrew indicates completion. He was complete, as God says in the in in, in the first verse. The word uh, tam, perfect, complete. Tam in Hebrew is really perfect, complete, with no blame. Mm. Job was blameless. Now, who, what, what person can this this person was amazing. He was really fearing God with all all his heart. He was blameless, but as high as he went. The low, the, the, the lowest of, of lower he, he got after, mm. after God gave Satan uh, permission to strike him. 
and uh, and you, you know this, this what scholars so interesting is that if, if you draw the life of job it starts it's like a you like the you letter in English right it starts from the top goes as as low as possible and then in the end what happens comes back up. comes back up again exactly like Joseph Joseph was the most beloved son right mm-hmm. he got to the rock bottom and And then and he went back up. up again in the b- before yeah. he died so job is exactly the you the letter you yeah we call that in the film industry uh, the story arc what's the story arc here <laughs> the valley <laughs> now now we said the, the the bulk of the of, of, of the book is the dialogue the debate between job friends and 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 himself but job and job friends and their argument is really simple The, you know the bottom line and there is a bottom line is job nobody is perfect yeah and if you suffer it means only one thing it means that you have sinned yeah and this wasn't even this was like act of God type suffering too and you can understand why they would be thinking the way they are It, it's still in our culture today as we see it's like okay if you do really bad and obviously you know if, if I go and commit adultery I'm gonna have lots of consequences in my life and my marriage and my happiness and there's lots of things if I murder someone there's gonna be some natural consequences to my life that are just gonna follow there's certain things that uh, that are going to be kind of a curse in my life as a result of sin but here you know his friends didn't believe him They couldn't believe no him. they couldn't they were like they no couldn't. but you really you did something you did something and according to the first verses of the book they were right because God God says God says and God tells it to Satan twice that God that job is blameless is perfect yeah. and that is and, and and therefore he's so blessed so right. if, if if all of a sudden you're hit w- what can the friends think yeah. other than that the job you must have sinned so repent it's all right and Yeah. It's all right, Job. Don't panic. Don't panic. There's a solution, but you got to repent and everything is going to be fine. But the problem is, and Job is asking them, okay, okay, fellas, if I need to repent, tell me of what? Yeah. Show me where did I sin? Yeah. Where's my sin? Tell me. Show me. And, and, and when they don't show him, he, he's, he's, you know, he's tired of them. He's, and, and, and he's going to God. And God, please tell me why. What are you doing to me? If I sin, show me. Show me. But again, the bottom line is that there's, their argument is really simple. You've sinned. You, you, if you suffer, and we see that you suffer, mm-hmm. it means right. you've sinned. So repent and everything is going to be fine. And Job, rightfully, wants to know why if he feels on trial mm-hmm. he wants evidence yeah if, if you go on trial there's no um how do you say eviction no eviction uh, when the judge makes his verdict yeah uh, there's no condemnation until, unless there's evidence right yeah, exactly the judge wants some evidence in that case job wants evidence from his friends and when he doesn't get it he wants evidence from God yeah he wants to know why why do I deserve it what did I do wrong tell me You know like what a, what a good lesson to learn from that of, of when we're counseling through people who are going through trials when we're counseling people or, or just even just with our friends and trying to help them through their issues it's important for us to ask God first you know it's important for us to really 
say, Lord, lead me in this conversation. God, help me understand what I don't see. Because so often we don't have the view. We don't have a clear view. His, his friends didn't. They had a good theological, seemingly good theological uh, idea, but it wasn't And the question is, true. the question is, do they have a leg to stand on? And the, and the answer is yes, because according yeah. the, to the Torah, what scholars are calling the righteousness of God, the whole righteousness of God stands on, if you obey my commandments, I shall bless you. Bless you. Yeah. If you disobey, I shall, and it happens even yeah. in, the, in, the, in the third chapter of Genesis. Right. What does God tell uh, Adam and Eve? One commandment, not to do. Eat of Only, the tree of the knowledge of good. And, and when they do, what, are the, what does God do to them? Curse them. Curses them. So, the ground and, and, yeah, and we sit cool. in the Torah with the people of Israel. We sit in 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 the Psalms and in, in Psalm one, two. If you if you if you obey God, He's going to bless you. Mm-hmm. If you disobey God, He's going to curse you. So according to the righteousness of God, the friends of Job are right. Yeah. If they see Job on the, 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 the on the top of the world, what do they think? Hey, he's uh, he's blessed. He's doing well. Why is he blessed? Because he's blessed, uh, you know, God only blesses the righteous. Because he's righteous. And he, if, he's, if Job is cursed, what's the only option his friends have according to the righteousness of God? He must be sinning. He must be sinning. It's his fault. Doesn't that remind you of when Yeshua called the rich young ruler to follow him? And then he didn't because he had great riches. And Yeshua said, ah, how difficult it is for the for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven and how shocked his disciples were <gasps> who thing can be saved <laughs> they were in the same mindset they were in the same mindset as job's friends were of that well he's rich because he's righteous and that's that's why that's why he's blessed is because he was righteous he did all these good things no this book is Again, it doesn't take away. Like <laughs> we, we said, there there is a blessing and a curse. Of course. There is, even, even to this day, following the principles of God and following his ways. And, 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 and of course, the best way, which is Yeshua's way, which is higher. It's higher than the law. It leads to blessings, but it might not be the physical blessings all the time. Now, this book is revolutionary, really. One of the one of the most revolutionary books in the Bible, for some reason, the first reason that the fir- it's the first time that somebody dares to question the righteousness of God, the system, mm. the yeah. system, not the righteousness, the actual righteousness of God, the system of the righteousness of God. That if you if you obey, I'll, somebody dares to question it for a good reason, right. because because if the only motivation. The only motivation to obey God is to get the blessing. What's the problem? What's the danger? People end up running for blessing and not seeking his person. You call it prosperity gospel? Prosperity gospel. Right? (laughs) If you obey, if you donate, if you give, you'll get. Brother, give $500 today and God will send his blessing down upon you. (laughs) You So here here in the Bible itself, we see... We see a, a, a way to tr- trying to deal with the dangers 
of 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 the system, the system yeah. which is the, the scholar call it the righteousness of God, the system that if 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 you do right, I'll bless you. If you keep my commandment, I'll bless you. If you do, if you don't, I'll curse you. This is this is trying to say, wait a minute, there's a problem. There's a problem with that system because yeah. we, not that there's a problem with the with God. The problem is that men can take advantage of this system, abuse this, abuse yeah. this system. Yeah. So this is the first time a, a, a book in the Bible is saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. We have to do something because this motivation could be misused. The system could be taken advantage of for bad reasons. So this is the first reason, reason why this book is so revolutionary. You know, and even beyond, you know, I know there's a lot of abuse that's happened uh, in the name of prosperity gospel and so forth. There's a lot of people that have been taken advantage of. But I think even worse than that, to, to me, the thing that breaks my heart the worst is that there's people who really believed it, and when it didn't come, it crushed their spirit. To me, that's, that's the greatest and worst uh, price to pay for that sort of theology is, is the people whose faith were shattered because they were told that this is the way exactly and it didn't pan out that way they they followed they you know i i, I know a lot of friends that like they they started tithing and god blessed them okay but then i know some people that as soon as they started to obey god as soon as they started to trust god with things like that it, it's like all, all, all hell broke loose in their life it's not just this formula that you follow for the sake of that you, you is he worth losing it all sometimes you'll be tested in that but it doesn't take away from the principle of scripture it doesn't take away like what we said it doesn't take away that there's a blessing in in following god's ways and his precepts it doesn't take away from that but again is it for righteousness is it are we are we earning away have we lost that heart yeah, the motivation should be if love of God, as Yeshua yeah. said, if you loved me, you shall obey my commandments. Amen. Amen. And uh, so, one one aspect why this book is so revolutionary is be, because it dares to say there's th- th- there's something wrong with that system. Men, mm. men can abuse this system of righteousness, mm. but the other, the other, and this is extreme. The other revolutionary ex- aspect of Job is the idea. The first time, first time in the Bible that the idea of a suffering servant hmm. is appearing. First time that a servant of God suffers, which, hmm. is, which is like an oxymoron. It, it's, it's two opposites because according to the righteousness of God, a servant of God who obeys his commandment shall always be what? Blessed, yeah. Lifted up and blessed. Mm-hmm. This is what God tells Israel. Yeah. If you obey, you will be the head and not the tail. But here, the first time, in the Bible, that there's a suffering servant, a suffering righteous man, which yeah. is it's unheard of. Now, can you can you imagine the friends of Job? How can they even comprehend this? If uh, if you're a servant of God, you shouldn't be suffering. If you're suffering, it means you're not righteous. It it couldn't. They couldn't even understand that. There's a definitely another very messianic figure that likewise was pretty much perfect, like did uh, w- with all of his heart, followed the Lord, trusted the Lord, David. David was anointed by God, served God, uh, walked perfectly. You know, the guy with all of his heart sought after the Lord and took action and yet was persecuted. 
on the run, seen as cursed, betrayed by his own people time and time again, and yet he was anointed. Yeah. He was God's anointed. Now, of course, David wasn't uh, exactly sinless, right? No, he wasn't sinless. <laughs> and yeah, we, we see that. So, so he's not the perfect. I don't think Job was for his uh, life God, sinless God says, as well. God says Job. He God even, says he's blameless listen, here. C- can you read it? In, in chapter one, he says it to Satan. So not only the author of Job is saying it in verse, right, in right. verse eight. Uh, one eight. Yeah, the Lord says he considered my servant Job. There's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright one, one who fears God and shuns evil. And on, in, in chapter 2, verse 3, God says it again. Yeah. He confirms it. Yeah. So. 2-3. Uh, yeah, in chapter 2, verse 3, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns he- evil? And... Still, he holds fast his integrity, though you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. Now, again, the word blameless in he, in the Hebrew is tam, tamim. It's the same word that the sacrifices, hmm. the sacrifices in the temple. When the priest checked them out, spotless, they had to be yeah. spotless and blameless. Tamim, korban tamim, is a spotless sacrifice. If the sacrifice is not is not blameless, can we use it? No. No. So we see that in, in, in the connotation of sin, Job was blameless. Yeah. And again, the whole book, his friends are saying no, and he's asking for evidence. And there's no evidence. And even when God answers Job, does he tell him, Job, listen, listen, listen. Maybe your friends don't know. They don't have evidence. I have loads of evidence. You've seen here. God doesn't say, it's as if God doesn't even answer the whole question of the book, because Job wants to know why. It's as if God doesn't even answer. But God never says, Job, you've sinned here, you've sinned there. You're full of sin. Maybe your friends didn't, but Mm -hmm. I know. I know. I see to the heart. And by the way, I have to tell you, you know, in rabbinic literature, they admit, they admit that Job didn't sin in his mouth, but he sinned in his heart because the rabbis couldn't figure out can you can is it can, well, can there really be a blameless man how yeah. is it possible so 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 the rabbis say in the talmud he didn't sin in his mouth but, it, but, but or his action but his sin is in, in his heart and that's why that's why he got pan, punished so they get away with it the easy route he got punished because but where does it say that god punished him it never says that mm. you know like in abram in Abram, we get more more evidence to what happens because, and, and scholars are always comparing Abram to Job. God tried, he tells us, God tried Abram, and then he mm. asked for his son. With Job, it doesn't say, it, it doesn't, Job doesn't know it. Job doesn't know anything that happens in heaven. Yeah. But we know it. We know that there's a trial. It's not a punishment. Hmm. So therefore, the question still stands, why does he suffer? And again, just think of how revolutionary this is. It's in the, again, if Moses wrote it, it's in the time of the Torah. This is where the righteousness of God rules, this, this concept. Mm. So a righteous suffering servant, it's, 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 not heard, it's, it's unheard of. Yeah. It's not supposed to happen unless, unless Moses is telling us something. Unless Moses wants to tell us about something above history yeah something i outside of history the suffering uh, the suffering servant again 
such a, such a revolutionary idea. It's, it's, mm. Listen, we, we, we know it from Isaiah, but Isaiah yeah. is it's, it's, it's much later. Can you imagine in the Torah, hmm. a suffering servant, somebody that suffers not for his own sins? Can you, this book is amazing. <laughs> can, I, can I throw even one more thing in? Yeah. In the very beginning, you have, uh, as it's talking about Job's life and his children. And he says, you know, his children would throw a big party and, you know, feast. And, and then the next day, he would bring them in to... Uh, have a sacrifice first thing in the morning. He's like, we're gonna we're gonna offer offerings. Maybe they sinned in their heart maybe. against the Lord. Just maybe they did. I want to make sure they're atoned. So he, he was working as priest for his children, uh, just in case. May, maybe they've been uh, you know naughty. Maybe they've gone off. I want to make sure they're covered. Almost as a mediator. Yeah, yeah, really <laughs> interesting. Now, now some scholars see they even see Job as Israel. So Job, if you if in history, think of Israel in the, in, in the last 2,000 mm. years, the nation of Israel outside of its comfort zone. In history, surrounding by foreign nations, think of, think, so some scholars see Israel, the nation Israel, in, in the figure of Job as suffering, not, for his, not, not, not because of its own sins, but because of the nations and some, I don't, I don't see it as clear as that. But some scholars, yeah, some scholars see a... Israel in history as yeah, Job. Okay. But I, I, because of because of some language, I'll give you an example. I don't think we can say uh, it's sinless, though. There's too uh, much. Israel, Israel. Just, uh, just, just look at its scripture. Um, it's a little, I'm, a little I'm, too I'm, incriminating. Yeah, I'm, I'm Israel by by blood, and I can tell you, I'm not, I'm, I'm not close to sinful. But from some language that appears only for Job and Israel, the scholars see, they see a hints for Israel. Okay. And if you can read in Job uh, 42, Job 42, um, verse 10. Now it's, it's only in Hebrew, but only in Hebrew you see how clear it is. Uh, but Job 42, verse 10. verse 10, just the beginning. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. This is it. And the, and the Lord restored Job. Now in Hebrew, it's Vadonai shav et shvut. So the, the, the verb the verb shav and the, the root shav and shvut are the same. Hmm. He, he, he restored and restored. And it only appears in the prophets in the context of Israel that God will restore Israel again. Mm. So, so scholars have noticed that this language for Job only appears again for Israel, for the nation of Israel, for the restoration of Israel. Hmm. But I would say it's not as Job, the restoration of Israel is because of Job, due to mm. a job, hmm. some kind of a Job that we'll talk about it in, in, in a minute. Okay. But in the mi- in, towards the end of the book, there's something really interesting because a, a fourth fellow appears. And this fellow uh, named uh, Elihu, we, we call yeah. him Elihu in Hebrew. Right. I don't know if you, how you say it, but you can read it in, a, just read the, the, a, f- a few verses that, uh, that is written about this figure, Elihu, the fourth, the fourth friend that came out of nowhere. And I think it's 32, Job 32. And you can read from verse 2. The wrath of Elihu, the son of Barchel, the Buzite, of the family of Ram, was aroused against Job. His wrath was aroused because he justified himself rather than God. 
Also against these, his three friends, his wrath was aroused because they had found no answer yet had condemned Job. So in, in a few verses, the, the wrath, the, it says the wrath of Elihu. That's how it says in English. Yeah. Yeah, so it's in Hebrew the same, Vaychar Apo. But Charon Av, the, the, the ref is uh, in the Bible, is, 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 is given only to God Himself. So we have something really interesting here. There's somebody appears just before God, because after Elihu will stop speaking, God appears from the storm. So somebody, a fourth person, which scholars say he could be the only Jew. The only Jew in the dialogue. Job is not <laughs> Jewish, and his friends are not Jewish. But okay. Elihu, because of because of his dynasty that is given in the in the first verse, in the second verse, the only Semite, because he, you know there wasn't Judea at that point. But yeah, the Semite, yeah. But yeah. but but because of his because he, he appears like like Ezekiel, you know, the some of his yeah, dynasty. Right, right on. Um, but there's it's really interesting because the the author is describing him almost almost as God. Because of the wrath thing, because it appears four four times in 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 four verses, the wrath of Elihu. Now, who else has wrath besides God? This is this 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 um, uh, uh, phrase is is contributed only to God in the Bible. It's it's really rare for people, and and Elihu is coming just because before God appears to Job. That's why some scholars see Elihu as emphasis on the on the need for a mediator because i'll give you that before yeshua entered the stage who came before him and prepared the way elijah elijah in the form of in the form of a man of of john the baptist right so john the baptist prepared the way for god so here's again job is job is finishing his 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 uh, argument Exactly. He's not going to argue anymore. He finishes his argument, and Elihu is preparing the way for God to appear out of the storm. Hmm. So it's like almost like John the Baptist is coming. A mediator hmm. is coming to prepare the heart of Job yeah. for God. And this is why scholar is saying hmm. another aspect of Job is the need for a mediator. As you said, Job is mediating for his family, yeah. right? For his sons. Elihu is mediating between Job and God. And in the in, in the latter part of Job, Job is mediating between him and his friends because yeah. God is, is telling him, take sacrifices, go to Job, and he will pray for you that I'll, I shall hmm. forgive you. So uh, there is a need, a deep need for a mediator, which this book tells us, scream to us, we need a mediator. Right. There must be somebody between, you know, there's a, the, there's a dichotomy between heaven and earth. You know, right. God and the angels and Satan are in heaven, and and Job and his friends are in earth. There's heaven and earth, and there's a bridge. It, there it, must be a bridge. We, we think about it. You know, John the Baptist, who came in the spirit of Elijah. How old was he when he did his ministry? A little, like one year over Yeshua. Yeah, one year, so like barely thirty or half a year. So yeah. he was still he was he was a young man, especially if Job happened when it happened, very young. <laughs> But he would have been, you know, quite possibly this is someone that's right in the age of of John the Baptist. Uh, So what what an interesting... uh, And Elihu is telling, I'm I'm young. Elihu is telling. Yeah, I'm young. I waited because I'm young. Let let wisdom speak, let elders speak. Now, speaking of a mediator, right in the middle of the book, 
there's what scholars are saying the 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 chapter of wisdom the wisdom chapter chapter 28 and the, and there a question is being asked a really important question in verse it's 28 job 28 verse 12 in hebrew it's 12 but can you it's, it might be 11 uh, can you read yeah but where can wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding and scholars are saying this is the this is the the center of the book the wisdom the wisdom of god is what 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 unites all the book of job we we, we said in the beginning mm-hmm. that the book of job is part of the the wisdom books of the bible mm-hmm. and the wisdom is a center key the wisdom of god the way god operates the world and and we know this is the end what god answers job about yeah. about about the creation about the wisdom how god runs the world so the wisdom and the answer the answer if you can read again the question the answer appears twice but it appears in in the last verse of the chapter so read the question and then read the last verse of the chapter but where can wisdom be found and where is the place of understanding verse 28 and to man he said behold the fear of the lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding the fear of the lord and who who in the beginning of the book is described by fearing the lord hmm. going a- against evil who is they who's this man job so job in other words scholars are saying something amazing the wisdom of the wisdom both in proverbs and in job but in proverbs it's even more clear the wisdom is not something the mm-hmm. wisdom is someone. The mm-hmm. wisdom of God is someone. By the way, in Proverbs 8, it says God created the world by its wisdom. And we know how did God created the world. From the New Testament, we know who created the world. How did God create mm-hmm. the world? By who was, was the world created? So wisdom, and again, think of how wherever, this book is something else. How revolutionary this book is. Wisdom is not something Wisdom is someone. Now, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is 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 uh, is um, is referred to as as a woman. There's there's the evil woman and there's Lady Wisdom. But we know that wisdom is not a woman. Wisdom is actually a man. Hmm. And we know from John one that that wisdom, hmm. that wisdom was coated flesh was wearing yeah. flesh and do, dwelt uh, among us. So, so, so who is this wisdom? Who is Job? And the only answer that I can think of, and again, listen, who wrote the book we believe? We believe that Moses. Moses, Moses wrote the book. Now think about it. When Yeshua is speaking to his disciples and to the Pharisees, he say, he's telling them, read, the, read what Mo- Moses wrote. Mm. If you read what Moses wrote, you would have believed me. Because why? Because Moses spoke of, me. spoke of me. Now we think only about the Torah, right? Yeah. But what if Moses wrote something besides the Torah? What if Moses wrote about Job? Hmm. So Yeshua is telling, read Moses, read Job. If you read Job, you would believe me because he because yeah. when, when Moses wrote Job, he wrote about me. So Job is like a prototype of Yeshua, of the Messiah. Who else is perfect? Hmm. Who else went, you know, what does it say in Philippians 2? He was, he was with God, right? Yeah. He was, 
and he came down by his own, uh, own will according to the plan of God, hmm. even to the death of the cross, he came as low as it gets. Yeah. And, and after, after that, God ro- raised him from, from the dead. And wh- where is he now? With the Father. With the Father. So this is why, and I'm not the only one who says that. Other scholars have seen it, that Job is a prototype, is something that is someone who projects about Yeshua. It's a prototype of Yeshua, the Messiah himself. Now think about it. His friends, if Job is as Yeshua, mm. who are his friends who thinks he sinned and therefore he suffers. Yeah. Who are they? Who, till this day, who thinks Job, the, this, this Messiah, Yeshua, why, why was he on the cross? We esteemed him stricken by God. What does Isaiah say? Isaiah 53. We, esteem, we esteemed him stricken by God. We thought, Isaiah, Isaiah said, we Israel thought Oof. He was there for his own sins. Yeah. He suffered for his own, but we didn't know. We yeah. didn't know. What, what does it say? Is it it's A man fi- of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yes. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. So, listen, so the friends of Job are like the people of Israel, that till this day they don't see Yeshua as Job, and they don't see the suffering servant as he really is. They think, Jews till this day think that Yeshua suffered on the cross because of his sins. And they still don't realize what Job's friends didn't realize. And God tells them in the end, if you can read uh, Job 42, verse uh, verse 7, I think. Job 42, verse 7. Um, I hope it's not 8 in English. I think it's uh, 7. Okay, Job 42, 7. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Timnite, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Therefore? Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Job is the mediator between him and his friends, and don't we wait for the time when the Lord shall open the eyes of Israel, mm. and they would, they would, uh, the, God will tell them, "Go to Yeshua, mm. go to, he will, he will make amends for you. Go for it. G- open your eyes." And this In the is the book of and, Zechariah. They'll see his hands and, and feet. And only God can do that. Mm. Only God. And and by the way, again, the ref of my nose. Yeah, literally in Israel, it's uh, in in Hebrew. It says the ref of my nose, the ref of God, like with Elihu. Mm. Remember? Yeah. The ref, the ref of God, is on you, because mm. you don't see Job as he is. He didn't suffer because of his sins. Don't you get it? Yeah. He suffered because of your sins. Now go to him. <laughs> go to him. And he will pray for you, for your sakes. And you know what? He also suffered so that the whole world would see and hear and learn of God. <laughs> it, that's, it, it's like 
you look at as well, why did David suffer? Why did he go through all that? Again, it all points to Yeshua. Everything from Genesis, from the beginning of time to the end, points to him. Exactly. So and, beautifully. And, and this is what Yeshua said. If you read Moses, if you, in mm. other words, if you read the Torah, and moreover, if you read Job, because who is this perfect mediator yeah. if not Yeshua? That his friends, his own, his closest friends, his people, his own people, yeah. are, are are still thinking to this day. Can you imagine? Till this day, two thousand years, they still think he suffered on that cross for his own sins, and they don't get yeah. it. And we're we're waiting, we're waiting for God, supernaturally, to open the eyes of Israel, and see this man. Amen. This man suffered for your sake. So it's Job, not as Israel. It's the friends of Job is Israel. Job is Yeshua. Moses showing us, giving us Yeshua, not only in the Torah, but in the book of Job. Amen? Wow. Amen. Well, so we just pray, Lord, would you just, uh, Father, I, first we just thank you for your great goodness. Lord, you show us such amazing wonders in your word just the intricate story that's woven through centuries through many authors through many times all speaking of your great love for us all speaking of your great plan and story of redemption father i just ask that lord for anyone who's hearing this that hasn't accepted and that free gift Maybe that they've uh, been condemning themselves over the trials that they're facing, thinking that God is hiding his face from them because he's ashamed of them, Lord, that you would turn those hearts to you. Amen. And we just ask, Father, that you would just help for us to be able to shine this light of your gospel to everyone we meet, Lord. And Father, we thank you for your elaborate, thoughtful, amazingly intricate love that you've shown to us. It's in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.